Cool. Welcome to the Bible, boys. Hello. We're live. We're live. We were just talking about um, the Bible, no less. Hello. That that thing. It's in the title. <laughs> That's right. Because we are the Bible. Boys. We are the Bible boys, after all. That's right. Um, but uh, we're just talking. So I'm, I'm running this reading group on Monday nights, looking at the Gospel of Luke, and we we're reading the bit where Jesus says, um, you know, anyone who doesn't hate father or mother, brother or sister, um, is not fit to be my disciple. Yeah, let's go there. Where is it, Luke? End of Luke 14. End of Luke 14. I think. And someone made the point, like, this is really offensive. You know, someone who's, you know, they were, they were quite offended by it and they were like, this is, you know... She said, um, the, the person who, who said this said, they love the start of the chapter, they love a lot of things that are happening in the Gospel of Luke, but stuff like this is really offensive. And... Yeah, yeah. And I just like I was just like yeah it is like it is it is offensive isn't it mm. like um, and the way I kind of explained it was um, you know and he uses kind of the the analogy of the person building a tower counting the cost before you build a, a construction if you're going out to war counting the kind of how many soldiers do you have how many soldiers do they have am I going to win this battle and um, I guess like making decisions that make sense based on what you're willing to do. And um, yeah, you know, that in the kind of years after this, people had to literally be disowned by their family to follow Jesus, you know, and even today, lots of people in the world, if they want to follow Jesus, it'll mean being disowned by their family. And there's a choice, do they disown Jesus or do they disown their family? And so, yeah, I, I think this verse is just saying, in order to be a disciple of Jesus, you do need to be willing to give up everything if that's what it takes, you know? Mm. And if you're not willing, then chances are you haven't really understood the significance of Jesus mm. because he's everything. Yes. You know? Yeah. How, how, like, if, someone's, if someone comes across a verse like that and is kind of anxious about it, how would you... Put it to them. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a good question. I think that you don't want to remove the offense of Jesus' words, which is often what we can do with the Bible when we preach or you know share aspects of it. We, the Bible confronts us, um, and we can try to explain away what the Bible is actually trying to say. So I don't want to remove the offense, but I do want the offense to be properly understood. Yeah. So hate, hate the way Jesus uses it. You know, there's parts in the Gospels, for example, in Matthew 6, where Jesus says, you cannot love God and love money at the same time. You either love God and hate money or love money and hate God. Mm, yeah. So what does it mean to actually hate money? Does it mean to, you know, to, to think bad things about money? Well, actually, I think what he's trying to contrast here is, Love is this idea of associating closely with, like drawing near to you. Mm. And so hate is this idea of pushing away or separation from. Mm. So I think that what he's trying to say here, if anyone comes to me and is not willing to separate themselves from that like super tight, close association with father and mother and wife and children, mm. brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, mm. like even being able to say, I count my life 
uh, not as important mm. as actually drawing and closely and associating with Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's trying to say. Yeah. So I think that yeah, it's it's you don't want to remove the offense, but you want people to understand it rightly. He's not saying now you need to you know throw things at your family and like yeah, think yeah. bad things about them. That's right. Rather, it's this idea of closely drawing near to. He's like, no, actually, you need to be a willing to 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 push away from them. For the sake of Jesus, mm, I think that's yes. what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what on. And elsewhere, like in uh, one John, where it's like oh, something friendship with the friendship with God is enmity with the world, or friendship with the world is enmity with God. Yes, yes, yes. Um, same, same kind of idea. Yeah. yeah, that's right. There is this we we associate hatred and bitterness and malicious thoughts closely, but actually the Bible uh, distinguishes those aspects. You know, hatred, I think, is this idea of association, this mm. idea of wanting to be close to. Mm. You know, bitterness is these, you know, uh, discontentment, um, negative thoughts, and malice is actually wishing bad things on another person. Mm. And bitterness and malice are actually um, sins, mm. right? But actually, God hates, God loves. Mm. God hates what is, you know, to be separated and pushed away from him. Uh, God hates evil. For example, yeah, yeah. Um, and and it is righteous for him to do so, yeah. but God is not malicious or bitter. Yeah, and it's at this point that I'd say we have thrown the ears of the listeners into the deep end of the audio pool that is our podcast, <laughs> and you know sometimes we're light, sometimes we're heavy. We started heavy, but maybe let's go light. Let's go light, Pip. What have you been up to recently, Pip? I have a story to tell you. Okay. It's a short story. All right. On the weekend, I like short stories. There you go. Um, on the weekend, I almost got run over by some cars. Really? Yes. So Viv and I were in Newtown. Yeah. And we were walking towards a crossing. And we saw a man at the crossing. And he started crossing. And Viv and I thought, oh, well, it must be a green. We, we, should, we should probably try to cut across as well because we want to be we want to get to this event on time mm. um viv was probably uh, like was um uh, she had faster reflexes than me at this moment and she realized that actually the man was jaywalking <laughs> but i didn't realize in time yes, so yes. i got halfway across and the traffic lights turned green. Yes. And the cars were about to start going. And I was smack bang in the middle. Huge. And so Viv's like, James! And I went, ah! And so I put my hand up like a, you know, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And I got to the other side. Yeah, okay. And I just went, well, that jaywalker. He, uh... I, I followed him rather than following Christ. Yes. Now, there there must be some kind of analogy for that, isn't there? It's like, it's not quite the blind leading the blind. It's more um, the, uh, you know, you're playing the man, not the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you're following the man, not the cars. That's right. Keep your eye on the prize. That's right. Something that's right. like that. There's right. some saying that's applicable. I'm, I'm feeling it. Yes, yeah, sure. there's something there. But um, did it make you think about life and the brevity of life and all that? <laughs> well, it made me think about, oh no, like, you know, what if I had brought Viv with me on this crossing, which mm. I was going to, but she wisely departed from me <laughs> and mm. said no, mm. and I kept going. 
friendship with James is enmity to life. life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we got to this event that we were going to, which is this, uh, it was a Christian conference. Mm. And that guy was there. Really? Yes. So he was like Judas. <laughs> No, maybe. <laughs> yes. Like he was out to get me, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yes. yeah. No. yeah. I think he was like, oh, I need to get to this conference soon. So he was... What was the conference on? It was uh, called Trajectory. It's a conference uh, with uh, <laughs> Philip Jensen, which was a good day, actually. What was the gist of it? Gist of it was... Um, so Trajectory, as, as a conference, is meant to be about how you set the trajectory of your life to be on about evangelism yeah um but the day itself was about the power of god's word yeah and so it was um the future of the word and the word of the future like a classic philip jensen turning a phrase Mm. so we were seeing how god's word has actually been enacted throughout history and powerfully brought Mm. about um changes in history but Mm. also uh, how God's word is lasting and enduring and will continue to last into the future. So mm. it was a good day. That's awesome. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Hey, also, um, I found out that Moore College has a podcast recording studio. So... Hold the phone. Hold <laughs> it. So the... next year... Dude. I could come in and once we a week. We could do it in the recording studio. Would you really come to Newtown once a week? Pip? I would do it just for you, Piv. And for our loyal listeners, but just for you, Piv. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. I might hold you to that. Yeah. We'll do it. It'd be great. We, we can catch up. You can tell yeah, me what you're good. learning. Yeah, it'd be good. That's right. Be good. And um, we can say, you know, uh, we could ask more college. Uh, you know, if we do a 30 second segment on mentioning more college every week, if we could get a sponsorship. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, I like it. I like it a lot. That's right. But yes, we could be in the studio um, less than five months from now. Wow. We need more listeners so that more (laughs) is going to sponsor us. That's right. That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this um, Instagram thing. Yes. Get us on Instagram. Oh, very good. So, listeners, in the next week, I'm gonna be creating an Instagram, the Bible Boys, Bible Boys, or it's actually already live, except there's nothing posted yet. Right. And so what I'm doing. And it's, it's kind of a skill that's going to be applicable in so many areas of like, whether it's youth group or different stuff, but I want to, I want to kind of create a list of what are all the ways that you can turn audio into an interesting visual post. Yeah. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Cause you know, sometimes you see posts that come up and it's like, you know, it's like an image that's like moving and then you get the audio with it. Yes. I want to do some of that. Yeah. Stuff. Nice. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened with me. Um, Viv. Faster reflexes and um, me uh, foolishly following a jaywalker. Mm. What about you, Pip? What's happened with you? I um, hurt my leg. Oh no! I pulled my uh, Achilles tendon, like soccer, my calf muscle or something. This was on Friday night at Salt actually, and then I played soccer the next day. Oh, wow. So I pulled it and it was hurting, and I played soccer, and it got better. Wait, what? Yeah, I pulled a muscle. I like wrecked my Achilles tendon or something. I went out, I just sucked it up, played a full game of soccer, and it got better. There you go. So I think it was like doing, leaning in. Leaning in. To hurting the muscle actually made it better. You were full of faith. I was. And then that night, I had my auntie's 60th birthday. Yeah, right. Which was a riot, you know. 
Um, but we were sitting at a um, we were sitting at a table, and I was sharing some of my uh, business ideas. Yes. Because the conversation got to a lull. Yes. And I decided to share some business ideas, which I wanted to share with you. Oh, if, please. If you're okay with that. Uh, I, I uh, long for this light content each week. Here it is, James. First business idea. Um, I call it... Hold on, let me get, let me get the order right, because I want, I want to talk about the, the better business second. Um, no, I can only think of one at the moment. Okay, it's called um, the fat bit. The I, fat bit. I think I've already told you about this okay. fat bit. Yes, um, you have on a previous episode. But I've but I've made some adjustments oh, okay. to the fat Please. bit. So Please tell. Um, previously, I think I just said, it like, instead of cheering your 10,000th step, it just sarcastically claps your 10th step. Yes. <laughs> um, like, well done, you got out of bed, kind of thing. Yeah. But, okay, some other features. It's a really chunky watch. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's fatter than a Fitbit. Sure. You know? Um... And here's the kicker. Yes. Right? Here, here's the real killer. Um, it sends electro kind of pulses through your body to measure your BMI. And I looked it up. Like, there is technology wearable tech that does that, right? You so searched this up already? Yeah, yeah. There so the go. tech exists, right? And here's the thing. If it senses that your BMI has either um, has plateaued or gone up in a two-week period, it automatically deducts $10 from your bank account and Ooh. sends it to my company. To your company. And so you have a financial incentive yes. to lose weight. Wow. And so, oh, and okay, and here's the other thing. You know Strava? When you go for a run and you hold your phone and it like tracks your run. And oh, is this it? the thing that like people use to, to draw pictures on their run yeah, and yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's gotcha. right. Um, it has a feature where instead of measuring your runs and activity, it measures your still time oh. and it uploads that yes. to like, a, so, so, so it's like you're sitting down for an hour. It's like, Oh, Pip's been sitting down for an hour. What a loser. Like, <laughs> and so it shames you on social media. It ruins you financially. Yes. You know, it has, it, it works just like a Fitbit, but actually just in all the negative kind of reinforcement ways. You know, you've become like a, uh, multi-billionaire from this <laughs> I know I am aware <laughs> seriously I've never felt more confident about a business idea in my life than the fat bit I'm not even joking <laughs> oh man it's great it's a George Costanza idea yeah yeah it is I love it Oh man, if only I, if, okay, listeners, if any of you know how to create wearable tech and coding and software, and, and if, if anyone can do that, uh, just let me know because that would be excellent. And, um, yeah, you know, I'll give you 10% of all the profits because the idea is really, that's the 90% effort, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or you came up with the idea. Yeah. The, the idea is most of the work already. The idea is the money. It's the, it's what gets you there. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. Now I had this. So do you remember? I had this other business idea. I've been talking about other business, and there was another business idea that I Listeners, had. Listeners, self is walking through. It's not that Pip has forgotten who I am and is now calling me self. What's this other? Oh, I had it. I had it. Was it your Snapchat thing? What's one, that? One hour. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, hourglass. Yeah, hourglass. Hourglass is my app idea, and it's just like Instagram, except all content. 
automatically disappears in one hour. One hour. And so when you're scrolling through, every little bit of content has this little hourglass emoji above it, and it's like filled to how much time it's got left. And it's got like a little countdown clock. And so it takes that principle that Snapchat brought in, which is urgency. Okay, so Instagram was like, let's fo- Instagram moved away from Facebook and was like, let's focus on visual, let's focus on photos. Snapchat moved away from Instagram, let's focus on time, let's focus on adding the element of urgency. Hourglass just takes that a logical step further and says, you know what, 24 hours, that's too luxurious, we're giving you one hour. And what it does is you get all these kids, it's like, I've got a crush, you know, I've got friends, I don't want to miss out on their content, so I'm going to be checking this like every hour, creates this like addiction feedback loop. They're scrolling through all the time. <laughs> I don't know what uh, helpful habits you are cultivating in the populist pip, but I love it. I love it. This this is my marketing devoid of ethics <laughs> brain kicking. You remember a few weeks ago when I was saying, can we actually do that as Christians? Be like, look, we're just put put aside the Christian yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a second. Yeah, uh, I I think you know if it's a million dollar idea and I give that million dollars to a charity, or <laughs> then a it's all okay. Does that justify it? Uh, look. I'm going to say with my Christian hat on, probably not. Okay. <laughs> right. But I love listening to these ideas. Okay, that's good. That's good. So hourglass, I like it. You know what, though? What if someone posts something at... Well, this is part of it, right? Yeah, like yeah. at 3 a.m. Yes, that's right. And you don't know. That's right. And then everyone's going to be talking about it at school the next day. Hey, did you see what Jimmy posted? And you're going to be that kid that's going to be like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, guess what, Timmy? You should have been awake at 3 a.m. checking it. <laughs> Okay, because there are marketers advertising and paying me to advertise to you on that platform and you just missed it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yes, we might be creating greater anxiety in people with their social That's media. That's the whole point. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. Hey, you know, a few years ago, just on this, I think you'd be interested by this. So yeah. there was like a, a survey that was done in some magazine or um, uh, some forum. Um, and they're like, what's the most... Um, uh, important or influential invention of the 20th century and you know there were lots of big things that were out there like the refrigerator and uh, the atom bomb and the internet Uh, one of the things was the silver button cell Uh, the silver button cell particularly its usage in uh, personal watches right because before that you had no way of knowing to the hour uh, what time it was right you could have you know clocks in a but like if you're out and about in the day you don't have a phone to, yeah, to check yeah. the time anyway because of that the silver button cell and then the personal timepiece the personal watch we became 24-hour people mm. you could say i will see you at 11 and if someone doesn't get there at 11 it's you're their like, fault it's their fault because they've got the time they've got, that's the, the time. time that's right that's excellent yeah. so trading could happen worldwide yes um and uh, uh we we started saying let's meet for an hour and then i've got to spend 10 minutes to get to so and so and it's changed the world as we know it yeah this is the next evolution this is this is it this is it by the hour yeah oh my goodness and then yes and within the app you could have special hour promotional events so it's like from two to three um, AM. Yeah, from two to three AM, or two, or, or you know, from six to seven, whatever. There's this band is going to be playing yes. live on this channel. Yes. And so you have hour events every every hour on the hour, and the platform promotes one big event, like a company. Maybe it's like a, a lecture, or oh my goodness, oh my goodness, so many ideas. Why right are you now. going to college next? Year? I don't know, dude. To learn the Bible. 
Because we are the Bible boys. We are the Bible. After all, I'm a Bible boy. You're a Bible boy. I'm a Bible boy. We're all Bible boys. You know, I, I put this um, our recording session today in my calendar, and I misspelt it accidentally. And Viv took a screenshot and sent me a picture, and it just says the Bible boy. The Bible boy. <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, that's a lovely session tomorrow." <laughs> Who is the Bible boy? I've put in the Bile boys. The Bile boys. What is bile? It's- bile is like. Um, Digestive fluid. Yeah. That helps digest food. Yeah. I put in bile boys once. <laughs> Hopefully, listeners, we help you digest the word of God. Mm. The best food. And let its acidic qualities permeate through your stomach. And its nutritional value. That's right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's it. Um, I think it's time we got right. to the Bible. What, what have you been reading? What have I been reading? Yeah. Well, um, uh, one of the things I may have told you. Um, before is I do like to read a chapter of Proverbs a day yeah, on the yeah. day of the month. So yesterday was uh, the 31st of August. Listeners, you can now know what day we are recording. So I was in Proverbs 31 and I was really encouraged um, and uh, spurred on by two aspects of Proverbs 31, particularly the first part, the sayings of Lemuel. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. But he says two things. Um, uh, verse four, it is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So I was really struck by this passage, um, particularly in that the reason why there is this warning against um, uh, wine and beer and getting drunk, verse 4 actually is, lest they drink and forget what they've decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. So almost there's this sense of uh, maybe kings can give themselves towards being intoxicated and actually just end up forgetting the needs of their people, um, particularly those who are poor and needy. Anyway, I think I was really struck by this, just to remember that God does have a heart for the poor and the needy um, and that leaders such as kings um, that, you know, I think, I think there is an aspect here of, of the need to be clear headed, um, but also that leaders are to defend those who can't defend themselves. Mm. And we see it here in Proverbs 31. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about these Proverbs here? Yeah. I mean, I, I just wonder how that, I guess, plays into the way we think about ministry mm. and kind of every person, every member of ministry and kind of like church leadership and, um, yeah, I guess that's so, so critical, not just to think of, um, particularly in this time of COVID to think, are people, um, who are the people coming to church who really, really need, who are in desperate need of something and who are the people that aren't coming to church or who maybe stopped coming to church or are in desperate need of something? Um, like it may be a stretch from this proverb but like just thinking about how how much as like christians do we prioritize the needs of those who are have great needs Mm. and like are difficult to love because their needs are great 
And so it takes more effort and energy and work to actually love them well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think sometimes we, sometimes we think it's better to love like a hundred people whose lives are going pretty well rather than one person mm-hmm. whose life is going terribly. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so just, just having that constant, um, I guess, awareness that there is a variety of different types of people with different needs in church. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. And also, there is a warning here against ex, um, excess with, with alcohol. I think that's important to, to hear as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Can I ask you? when? You, oh, sorry, you go. You no, 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 you go, you go. I was just going to ask, do you think you ever heard a talk on alcohol when you were growing up? No. On, like, specifically on Well, alcohol. I guess just drunkenness being um, no. addressed. No. I do, like, I think... And, and you know what? I'll be completely honest. Like, I have, you know, had different times in my life where I've struggled with drinking and, like, have drunk too much. And um, particularly, like, t- when I was working in the city mm. with, like, my marketing friends going out to the, the pub after work. You used to working. say you had, like, Friday night drinks and stuff. Friday night right? drinks and stuff yeah. like that. And it was all... And even, like, you know, late high school and early uni. Yeah. But, you know... Um, and yeah, I just feel like I wasn't mentally, like I didn't have the mental tools or like the, I wasn't equipped, I don't think, to, to kind of make good decisions about drinking. And I guess like, you know, no, no one ever talks about what's the difference between having one drink and two drink and three drink and four drink. Yeah, right. You know. What what's what's actually the the difference? You know, people throw around rules like you know two in the first hour, one every hour after that. I've never heard that before. Oh, okay. So I think thank that's, you. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, here. I think that's like to maintain a certain limit or something, maybe sure. like a driver like acceptability limit or something like that. Yeah, but, um, gotcha. Gotcha. but yeah, yeah. I I I think that is something that's not talked about enough. But then again, there are a million things that aren't talked about enough. Yeah, so that's like, true. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Oh, I just I think it's interesting because um, from from my perspective as someone who uh, like alcohol was never really a thing for me growing up. Now that's interesting because my dad, like you know, is <laughs> is a uh, really uh, like loves you know wine and, and whiskey and that sort of thing. Um, it was actually someone from church, like a really helpful brother, who said. James, I'm going to teach you how to drink, not in a bad way, but actually because if you want to help love and serve, um, especially a lot of Australian people, you have to be willing to have a beer with them and not like, <laughs> and not pass out <laughs> yeah, that's half, right. a, half a side or something. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So actually that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And it was like a whole new world for me to go, oh, actually, yeah, this is a huge part of socializing. Yeah. Um, because it just wasn't uh, for me you know, yeah. growing up. And so, you know, if I could choose between a glass of Coca-Cola and a glass of, you know, I don't know, James Squire Amber Ale or something like that, or, you know, like a Chardonnay or whatever, like, I'd go for the Coca-Cola, mm. but I also recognize that um, that's that's a preference thing. And people enjoy having a, a drink here or there. I just want to help um, be a helpful influence in that sense. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know people who've grown up with uh, like absolute bans on alcohol as well. Mm. Um, and I want to be sensitive to their consciences there. Mm. I think that the warning is important to hear here, which is that you can, 
drink and crave and then forget um, what you're meant to be doing. Um, and also, like, you know, there's this part here in Proverbs 31, verse 7, about uh, alcohol being a, a source of, um, for those who are in anguish. Almost. So not source of the anguish, but for those who are in anguish. And I think that's actually true. You see that, that a lot of people can go to alcohol to sort of drown their sorrows. Mm. And that's not a constructive use of a gift that God has given us. Mm. Anyway, those are some thoughts there. Yeah, they're good thoughts. They're yeah, good thoughts. I was um, it, yeah, we could we could call this episode on alcohol and what I'm about to say because I've got two other A words. Oh, go. And I, I've been thinking of um, uh, last night. Seth and I were talking about ambition. Yeah. And anxiety. Right. And they're like two words that you you know associate with kind of like you know. I don't know, people who are starting a business or starting a venture or doing something. Sure, yes. Um, or who want, who really want something to happen but are anxious about it not happening or the, the way in which it's happening. And ambition and anxiety are both words, I think, that we have a natural default to think of them negatively and to think of the verses like, don't be anxious about anything or, you know... Um, you know, ambition as a as a bad thing, pride. You know, selfish ambition is talked a lot in the epistles as a negative thing. Um, but my kind of question, and we looked at some verses last night on um, Paul's ambition and Paul's anxiety, because he did have ambition and he did did have anxiety, but it wasn't selfish ambition, mm. and it wasn't. Um, it was an unrighteous anxiety, mm. I would say, either. And so, in Romans, I want to get this right. Romans, I think it's ten. Let me just. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like other translations. I'm like this. Mine's an NIV, chapter ten, verse one. It says, "Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved." But I'm pretty sure he uses the word ambition in another, like it's in another translation. I don't actually know, mm. um, you know, the, if there's a difference in what the actual Greek word is or whatever. Mm. Um, or, for example, in um, this, I mean, this is a better example. Romans 15, 20 to 21. Um Yes, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. And so, like, he does have an ambition, which is to preach the gospel mm. so that people would be saved. Yeah. That's his ambition. Um, and he has um, anxiety as well. Um, now, I think that's in... One or two Corinthians, two Corinthians. Um, let me just track it down. Two Corinthians, and it's in that that classic passage about like the um, being shipwrecked and yes, here it is. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, two Corinthians eleven. He's talking about his his boasting about his sufferings. 
So if you just read from verse 26, you know, I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And again, I think in other translations, there's my anxiety for the churches, you know, concern, pressure. And so, yeah, I mean, this has just caused me to think like, is there a godly anxiety, a godly concern? Is there a godly ambition that's all kind of tied up in the gospel mm. and making disciples? Mm. What do you think? Yeah, good thoughts. I think, I think there's, they're two different things so the um we actually experienced this last term with our youth leaders when we were talking about philippians 4 when it says uh, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition um make your requests known to god um and actually is he talking about anxiety as we think of it as a um, um as a matter of mental health and i don't think so and so I think that we need to distinguish um, modern usage of words. Um, so ambition, for example, ambition. Oh, I'm not an expert on this word, but like ambition was seen as a, uh, a or ambitious. Calling someone ambitious was seen as a negative um, uh, descriptor for hundreds of years because it was directly contrasted with the concept of contentment. And actually being able to, to, to be thankful for what you have. Mm. So ambition or being ambitious was strongly associated with this idea of someone who is a busybody who can't be content or mm. thankful. I don't know if that's what Paul is doing here. So his ambition, like he's content in Christ, but he has an ambition which is actually God's mission. So there's a, there's a right longing and desire and drive um, that he holds in tension with the fact that he is already satisfied in Christ. Mm. So I think that that's, that's probably what is going on there. And I think you're right to say there's probably a godly ambition that he has, uh, contrasted with perhaps, uh, you know, never settling for anywhere in life, you know, yes. um, yep. what the best is yet to come, always thinking about how you're going to better yourself in your circumstance yeah, and you can right. never be happy with what God has given you already. Yeah. yeah. With anxiety or with anxiousness, I think that, once again, we have to distinguish here because um, um, suffering anxiety <clears throat> as a matter of your mental health is not a, a matter of sin, as in it's not, um, it, it's not that you know, God is upset at you mm. for, for suffering anxiety. Um, and so we have to be careful there. Um, Whereas there can be an, an anxiousness that you have because you're constantly feeding yourself with doubts about and, and saying to yourself, no, God is untrustworthy. God mm. is untrustworthy. Mm. Like you're act, um, And so, yeah, I think that there, there can be good anxiety or um, shall we say concern, as you've read here from 2 Corinthians 11. Mm. Uh, and maybe we need to get away from that word, anxiety, because there's so much... Yeah, it's such a loaded word, yeah. and that's that's how language can change, right? Where usage of words becomes associated yeah. with different things. Yes, 
So I think that you're right. There is a godly ambition and a godly anxiety. Um, maybe if you have to add the word godly to it, we we need to change. The word. We might change the word. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but that doesn't apply absolutely. So when I think about anger, you know, we think about unrighteous anger and righteous yeah, anger. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that. No, those yeah. are some thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are those are good thoughts. Those are good thoughts. And I and I like that you brought up. Yes, we need to dis- distinguish between gospel ambition and the the stuff that you see from a lot of churches, which is um, God wants you to be victorious in your finances and your health and your and it, and the ambition becomes so worldly and it, you're you're. Um, desire lowers to what you want to happen for your life, not what you want to happen in the world for God's glory. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so it's good to have that that distinction when we talk about ambition. It's one of those words, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And you know what? Just just on that, like one of the things that we looked at at trajectory on the on the weekend was uh, we two of the talks were on one Peter. One of the things I really really appreciated was this reminder that. Well, what do we actually say the Old Testament was prophesying about? And so, you know, we can say Old Testament was prophesying about Jesus. And that's Mm. true. But there's a particular phrase that's in 1 Peter that I think just really captured my heart. In 1 Peter, chapter 1, um, uh, verse 11, uh, Peter writes that the uh, prophets were, verse 11, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Mm. The sufferings of the Messiah and the mm. glories that would follow. I think that there's such a rich description of Old Testament prophecy. Yeah, yeah. That they do point to Jesus, but specifically they point to the sufferings of Jesus yeah. and the glories that would follow. Yeah. Which you don't think of suffering and glories like being associated mm. but you see this tension that's actually put forward here mm. and we like to just now like you know what we can do is we can end up going like bringing back to our topic uh you know god just wants good for you which is absolutely true in an ultimate sense but we know right now that there is suffering in this world mm. that life is not going to go well uh perfectly mm. right there's a there's a almost like a if i can crudely put it sufferings now future glory, mm. you know, and bliss and eternal security um, fully realized to come. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. That's yeah. good. Anyway, but yeah, that's such a rich description, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Yes, and that's right. And you, you're, you're right in that you kind of skim past that, but it's like, you know, what were the prophets prophesying about? Blah, blah. But yes, yeah, that description, the sufferings of Messiah and the glories to come yes afterwards. yes and actually that might be relevant for your luke reading group maybe i know you're yeah, in luke yeah, yeah. but like when you get to luke 24 about how the old whole old testament points to jesus yes maybe you can throw in that phrase so just yeah, throwing it out there as yeah an idea. yeah the heart, yeah that's a good phrase the old testament prophecies essentially were about the sufferings of the messiah and the glories to come yes the glories that would be revealed yeah mm. i just love that as a description anyway yeah. oh so good so good um, hey, do we have any mail in the email inbox? No mail today, okay. but listeners, you can always email us at thebibleboys with a Z at gmail.com. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what have you been, anything you've been thinking about? Anything rolling around in, in the brain? I have been thinking about um, this question from Seinfeld. 
Mm. And so I want to ask you this question now. Okay. So let's say, and you, you'll probably remember this scene. Yeah. Let's say that you get abducted by aliens and you get taken to their planet. Would you rather be in the circus or the zoo? Oh. Do you remember this scene, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, I vaguely remember. It was early on, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. In the circus or the zoo? Depends, like, the circus, you got work and you have you have the potential to improve in whatever craft you're doing if you're a juggler or if you're doing something yes you have it's more interesting i'd say yes and so you you have this almost like this meaning in the circus in the zoo you're just a spectacle yes and so while you have more time to yourself perhaps yes um it's it's a it's devoid of any kind of challenge you know and so I would probably, choose, <laughs> I would choose the circus and probably um, position myself as a uh, like a juggler. There you go. <laughs> and what what's the next up? What's the next step after juggler? I don't know. Tightrope, tightrope, <laughs> and then um, yeah, I don't know. Just okay. keep going. There you go. Yeah. Yes. I might I might choose the zoo personally. Why is that? More just quiet, peace of quiet. Quiet life, you know, when people like pop poking at the glass, trying to get me to do something. I don't need to listen to them. Yeah. I get to eat, sleep, ponder the wonders of the universe. Repeat. Repeat. That's it. <laughs> go, come Lord Jesus. Yeah, that's right. There you go. That's, that's, that's what I've been thinking about. That's good. What about you, Pip? Um, I have been thinking... I've been thinking about a lot of things. Mainly fat bit, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> what have I been thinking about? Um, yeah, look, I've been thinking, um, about, I've actually been thinking about social media and I'm getting, I'm getting back into my marketing roots a bit lately. I've been reading a bit more and listening a bit more about like marketing strategy and stuff like this. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about, do you have TikTok? No. Yeah. I, I have, I, I downloaded the app. I scrolled for maybe 10 minutes yeah, and then I deleted the app. <laughs> yeah. I downloaded it. Yes. How, how have you found your TikTok experience? It's been interesting. I'm noticing a lot of, well, not a lot, but some churches yeah, right. are on TikTok. Yeah, right. Not many, not that we, none in our circles, but I'm like more the kind of big Pentecostal churches in the States, the more charismatic so churches. So what's the content that they're producing? The content is, is snippets of sermons. Um, the preacher laying down some truth. Yeah. Some truth some, bombs. Some truth bombs. Yes. Got the big captions, you know, your victory, you know, it's God's something that's usually theologically a bit God's victory is your destiny that's yeah stuff like that I'm not where I need to be but thank God I'm not where I used to be that's right that's right and um yeah like it it gets a lot of traction and a lot of likes and what I'm thinking is like you know I think people my age you know 20 mid 20s are now in order, in order to kind of, if you want to be good at marketing, marketing strategy, if you're doing business or working somewhere where you need those skills, you need to go where the next thing is. You need, you need to be willing to experiment and to do stuff with new tech. So um, TikTok, 
and you need to get good at them and, and think about what are the different kinds of content, what are the different features and like dig into it and stuff like that. And I just wonder, is this one of those things where like churches are going to be way like more, the more kind of conservative churches are going to be way late to the party <laughs> and miss out on a really like a good opportunity mm-hmm. because it's still like an emergent technology and there's still opportunity for lots of organic reach and all that kind of stuff anyway that's the same kind of thing have I ever told you about Francis Schaeffer's Descent of Ideas diagram no Francis Schaeffer had this he wrote a book um, talking about how culture is has uh, been impacted um, and it was two halves like the second half of the book was his Christian analysis of what the world needs but his first half was like how uh, ideas flow through culture and I've sort of adapted this diagram for myself but he's got like step one philosophy step two Art. Step three, music and social media. Step four, popular culture. Step five, Christian culture. Right. One of his observations is that Christian culture always is one step behind popular culture. Mm. They're always playing catch up. Mm. Uh, And you actually see it. So he's like, anything you think is like in pop culture, just give it like a bit of time and then you'll see... Like ministers trying to pepper that new language into mm. their speech or mm. they'll be like, oh, we're going to get on this new technology now yeah, when yeah. actually it's been around for a number of yeah. years. So it's pretty much what you're saying, which yes. is that, you know, TikTok, like that's for me, that's step three now, which is music and social media. But it's kind of part of the pop culture now. TikTok's been around for a, a few years. Yeah. It's only recently that it's become huge. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm like, this is controversial. Yeah, go. But this word reach, which essentially means getting as many different people to view a message as possible yeah. was the was one of the goals of Paul and the apostles. Yeah. And they produced content in order to reach more people. They wrote letters that were to be circulated amongst churches and they, they traveled. And in their day, they used what the means necessary to achieve reach. And, um, you know... When the printing press was invented, you know, the rise of um, uh, reformed theology was driven by the ability to reach people with that message and using the means of reach available. Today, the means of reach is social media. There are other means of reach, but the best and the most the the where, where you can get the most eyeballs on a message is social media particularly emergent platforms like TikTok and so yeah what's the connection like if you're passionate about the gospel going out you need to understand how to use the pl- the platforms that allow for reach mm. in in a gospel way yeah Anyway, that's no, just, I, I yeah. think you're right. I mean, one of the things that made Mil- Billy Graham so effective was that he knew how to court television producers. Yeah. So television was what Billy Graham used yeah. big time to broadcast. And, you know, on top of the fact that he had hundreds of thousands of people that came in person. Yeah. He utilized television. Can I share one final thought? Of course. I'm, I'm reading this biography of Billy Graham at the moment. There you go. And here are some quotes. So... Billy worked as a commercial salesman for this company, the, Fu- uh, the Fuller Brush Company, for two years when he was a young man. Um, his father and uncle predicted he'd flop, 
but he was the most successful salesman in the two states that he worked in. And it's because his, his, um, his boss said that he, he had a great capacity for expressing both passionate enthusiasm for his products combined with genuine sincerity. And then Billy Graham later observed, sincerity is the biggest part of selling anything, including the Christian plan of salvation. And I think you actually, we're seeing that more and more. Facebook has gone through this like phase of being going from a really a place where you see a lot of authentic content. And over time, it's just become more and more um, spammy, more and more like businessy and less authentic. Yeah. And TikTok's in this phase of authenticity and it'll get more. And, you know, Instagram's kind of halfway through and all that. But yeah, you see more and more the people that succeed are the people that actually speak authentically and you know, don't beat around the bush and, you know, to cut through the noise, you know. And that's what Billy Graham was good at, was mm-hmm. cutting through the noise. And it's interesting, he made the point, when he was when he was um, beginning his ministry, the kind of, um, the, the, I guess the religious um, climate was full of soft liberal theology. And when he came in with, uh, uh, preaching repent- repentance for the forgiveness of sin he cut through you know, mm. you know yeah just some thoughts yeah no they're good thoughts they're helpful thoughts I think that you are right in that on the technology front needing to get on top of that but also on the importance of the sincere a message that flows out of personal conviction mm. I think that that is uh, speaks volumes yeah um, yeah yeah there you go cool cool hope you've enjoyed we've gone from the deep end to the shallow end back to the deep end a couple times and now we're getting out of the pool and um, toweling ourselves off so I hope um, you know you've enjoyed watching us swim maybe swimming with us even um, it's time to take a shower and go home that's right that's right so see you next time bye bye